Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Fumble Podcast. This week we talk about getting started in the game, we update you on Fumble things and Kickstarter projects, and we welcome back the prodigal son. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to podcast number 12. I have PC with me. Good evening everybody, lovely to be here. And also, the prodigal son has returned. Yay! Say hi Morales. Hi guys, how you doing? Yes, he's back. Um, glad to yeah, have you back. To have you back, mate. Yeah, really glad to have you back. Um, Thank you. We've missed you. PC That's and nice I, to hear. Yeah, PC and I have had to talk to each other. It's just on yeah. our it, it, It's flattering to think that you guys were just totally lost without me if you'll let me if you'll let me uh, just believe that that'd be great yeah of course of course yeah it, it turns out that we can fill a room with noise without you but we'd rather not <laughs> that's, yeah, that's absolutely hey so listen um what have you boys been up to bb wise then well um i've been playing some of my uh box trophy and uh, things are finally starting to turn around uh, my high elves have gone on a nice little run they're now five zero two, I think. I think my Norse somehow have managed to pull up to five zero two. Uh, even my goblins have had a nice little run. They've had a couple of good wins back to back, and that's put them into four two three. So they're just ahead of the average. It's now only my humans that are shaming me uh, with only one win in six games. So yeah, three draws and two losses there. They are they are holding my team effort back. Um, but yeah, that's been really good fun. Uh, I've got about almost a, almost a third of the way. I think I've got about fifty games done, or getting up in the forties anyway. Wow. What about you, Morehouse? Have you been up to much? Yeah, I haven't been playing uh, since I've been gone. I've been real busy, but uh, I'm kind of right now in the very initial stages of uh, messing around with some of the league stuff on Fumble. Thinking about uh, starting a league that uh, it's okay. not really. Uh, some people know about it or whatever. It's not like going to be a big thing or whatever. But I'm just kind of doing the exploratory stuff i don't really i don't know if you guys have ever done it i've never messed with any of the league administration stuff before I have. so it, okay it's all totally new to me yeah so i'm gonna probably be asking people questions and maybe we should have a guest on someday that can explain it to me <laughs> and for everybody else who wants to listen because it's it's a very cool thing a fumble that you have all these custom options for leagues and things like that but uh in just my first couple minutes of looking at that stuff it's very uh it's a little intimidating because i have no idea what i'm doing but yeah there's a there's yeah. a gazillion options there i mean i, I think the key right. takeaway is that if you're prepared to put a little bit of time into learning how the system works there's loads of drop downs loads of options for you to discuss um and you can get a little private lead together of however many people and play with you know slight variations of the rules slight variations of the team rosters all sorts of little options available in in that setup um and there's a lot of that goes on there's a lot of cool little leagues very private little leagues you know closed members that perhaps don't play on some of the other forms of fumble uh, and they just, you know, they crank on having little leagues between them and people they know. And I think that's a really cool way to play Bob Blood Bowl if that's if that's the sort of experience you require. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, a few months ago, I remember when I was playing a lot of the Smack tournaments, someone had uh, 
come in who I had never heard of and I assumed was brand new. And then, you know, I looked at their record. They had played something, you know, hundreds of league games. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, they just said, oh, this is my first time ever being on Discord, ever trying to play a ranked game or a box game. But they'd just been on the site for years, just playing in their own league with a few of their buddies. And, uh, yeah, it's always been something that I thought is cool that Fumble has that option. And it's just never been something I've really dug into myself. And I'm mm. kind of looking at it now. So it's, it's neat. Yeah, good. Thanks, Morhas. Um, I myself have been playing not much box at all, actually, but I've played my UKTC game on Fumble. Uh, first oh, cool. win today, thankfully. Um, and played a bit of BB2 as well. I'm in a league on there, uh, the Gaming Dad's Blood Bowl League, which is pretty good fun. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, it is good fun. And I've just been looking around, actually. I just, so is that I'm, I'm, Dad the Game or Dads that are on the game? Which of the... <laughs> it's uh, da- Dads that Game. Um, and the guy who runs it, he's a really nice guy, actually. Um, he, um, I think he's been planning on playing a bit on Fumble as well. So we're trying to get... Him and I are trying to entice people to play a little bit of both. I'm a great believer that, you know, Blood Bowl is a great big broad hobby and there's all sorts of ways to play it. Um and all have some certain advantages and disadvantages. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And while we're on, I was contacted um, in the week by Ooh. somebody who just wanted me to have a look at a Kickstarter. Um, so okay. I don't know if you can actually, I've got to tell you about this, but if you go to Kickstarter, I think it's, it's called Battle Ball Field. And what they've done is what they're proposing, a Kickstarter on a field, but it's modular. So you get the board, it's made out of wood, so you can paint it. Or you can get a vinyl covering for it, or um, you can get stands for it. It looks pretty sweet, to be honest. At the moment, they are just under a thousand pounds from their goal. Uh, but I said I'd give it a shout out because actually, it looks really quite good. What's it called again? Sorry. It's called Battle Ball Field. Okay. Battle Ball, all one word. No, two words. I can trim. Well, this. I mean, it's interesting you talk up uh, Kickstarter. I. <sighs> I have bought on a couple of Kickstarters before I did the Fumble Dice on Kickstarter. Oh, I see it. Yeah, I've seen those. Um, that looks crazy fun. There's a lot of people really into that, aren't they? That not only want to take a, a board to a tournament, but take a whole field yeah. with dugouts, yeah. with staff. Uh, yeah, you even see sometimes cool. they incorporate rolling towers to roll their dice sort of within the field. I, w- I was just going to say that I... I... One of the cool things I've seen with one of those on, I think, on the Facebook or something is someone that part of one of the, you know, uh, towers of the stadium or whatever was actually a dice rolling tower. So it was all built into the thing. And, yeah. yeah, that's pretty neat. Is that the one that lights up? I've seen one on Facebook that lights up as well. One of the cool <laughs> I'm not sure. Brews you a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I've seen them at tournaments. I've never faced one. I've faced people that have had dugouts and sometimes I've used their dugouts if they look nice and seemed easy when it comes mm-hmm. to a whole field i think that would throw me a bit but would i use the dice rolling tower i haven't played much but at my very first tournament i mean i've only done four but the first one i went to i got a free dice rolling cup and a mat given to me in by one of the players i faced and i've always now used that cup and that mat and i'm not sure i would feel forced to use your dice rolling tower no matter how many hours <laughs> you put into your stadium um <laughs> But the problem with those is there's very little place perhaps to roll your dice except through the dice towers. So I, sure. I guess maybe you would. Maybe you'd end up using the dice towers. 
Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, uh, I've seen people who, who do minis of spectators. Yeah. So they have this whole state. I mean, you think about how much time it takes to paint a team. You know, I've seen pictures of people who have, you know, dozens of spectators, all individual painted minis in the stands. Of the... Oh, man. If I take yeah, time to set get, it up you know, and Camera crews. You can even get, you know, commentators. And, of course, I mean, it all started with cheerleaders, apothecaries, coaches, and assistant coaches. But <laughs> sure. Nowadays, when a, when a team goes, um, particularly the Kickstarter, the independent funded teams when a team starts appearing on there as well as the star players they're continually adding staff i mean i sure. saw a dark elf team that came not only with 16 players but with a bench of sort of four or five interchangeable ones as well and about seven or eight members of staff and so it was getting on for sort of nearly 30 miniatures for a an 11 <laughs> on a side game and you thought wow that's really milking it but some people really love doing the whole dioramas and it's you know if that's a part of the hobby that turns them on more grist to their mill absolutely famously yeah. i don't paint uh, i can't right. i'm i'm so cack-handed that it would just always be appalling and shaming and i would never <laughs> use anything i painted and yeah. I, I do think it's a real barrier to entry for the sort of tabletop is that quite a lot of tournaments insist on at least you know a modicum of painting yeah just sure, hold that thought sure. pc because we're going to get on to uh people starting the game so oh, right and um, I, cool. I just just want to wrap this up and just say if you want to take a look on um, Kickstarter, it's called Battle Ball Field, a fantasy football arena. It's laser cut. It looks really quite nice, I think, in a sense. You, you know, you can see the appeal of the uh, hobbyist amongst us that would like to get their hands on painting it and making it look pretty and doing additions to it and so on. Well, if, look, if we're giving Kickstarter shout-outs, then I want to talk about something. It's been on the Fumble forums. I'm sure it's on. Oh, I know what you're going to uh, talk about. Talk yeah, fantasy football. Go for it. And I have now backed it. Oh, um, good lad. So I am a, I'm a backer of the Zenobian Zenith team. Is this the um, Amazons? Is, uh, it's the Amazons. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I've, I've long complained that Amazons turn up in underwear with pendulous breasts. And I just don't <laughs> buy it. I don't buy that people would dress like that to play a combative sport, even with AV7. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I, I also, it's a nerdy enough hobby without having to explain to my teenage daughter and my wife why I have barely clothed female <laughs> figures when all the male figures are tough and rough. And I just think it's 2018. I'm not prepared to support Amazon teams that look like a soft porn dream. So the Zenobian Zeniths don't. They, they're slightly, I would say, cyberpunk, or they've maybe even got a slightly sort of retro history look, perhaps sort of World War One flyers mixed with, as I said, a, a slightly post-apocalyptic or cyberpunky look. Um, but they're certainly, they're clothed. And there's, I mean, unlike even the nun team, as I've said before, I searched out, someone said, there's a nun team, Dave, look at that. And when I went and looked at it, it was stripper nuns. And that just depressed me. <laughs> yeah, I've it, seen that team as so well. so depressed me. There's a female ogre team. And guess what? They've all got huge breasts. Yeah. I mean, come on, people. We're already such a nerdy subculture. We can do better than this. And there's an Obian Zenithar. The, the stripper. They're a, they're a female team that look like they might play Blood Bowl and they're not. You, you would show them to a woman and not feel ashamed except that you're holding a small figurine in your hand. Not that yes. that small figurine is inherently, you know, a, a crime of violence <laughs> against all women. <laughs> um, now, I know that's going to be worryingly liberal for some, but that's my view. I'm sticking to it. They've got my money. It's called Zenobian Zeniths. 
they've just passed their goal. Uh, they were looking for six grand. They've made 6,300 pledging as yeah, I well talk. Done, guys. Uh, they've got nine days to go. So we're already into, you know, it's going to happen. And already some stretch goals. They're already adding the chainsaw player in for free. So um, it's, it's a nice looking team. You may hate it if you particularly want fantasy looking things. This isn't particularly fantasy looking. But on the other hand, it's women and they're clothed. And that's rare in this market. Yeah, and I uh, actually, uh, <laughs> coincidentally enough, I uh, am more of an old-fashioned traditionalist, and I have also always been offended by the ways Amazons are presented, right. maybe well, for different reasons, you, well, I, you know, because yeah. from, from 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 my perspective, why do they have to be sexualized? Yeah. Why, you know, what is the, you know what I mean? So I'm not, you know, it, it offends feminists, it offends traditionalists. It just totally. I, who is making these, who is making these figures of, of sexualized Amazon? Blood Bowl players. Uh, yeah, so I'm with you. That sounds cool. I will check that out. I'm not necessarily in the market for one, but all power sure. to somebody who just the, uh, I mean, even if you're not trying to make a statement about it, just the creativity of doing something different than what everybody else who has ever made an Amazon team uh, yeah. is doing. I respect that for sure. There's going to be some law behind these if you're really interested. The guy that did the original um, drawings has also done a couple of graphic novels uh, using the same sort of characters and setting them in a fairly interesting looking. Uh, futuristic world with some, you know, some magic as, as well as technology and stuff. Um, sure. So if that floats your boat, uh, they're also giving out some of the original artwork. Um, if you chuck about another hundred euros on top of your team, um, but that's there too, you know, like a standard Kickstarter. Good, good. Oh, oh, well, that, there you are. That yeah. wraps up the Kickstarter <laughs> news. Um, Other funding platforms, I'm sure, are available. Yeah, absolutely. But lots yeah, of just wanted, yeah, just somebody asked me if I could mention it, so I said I would. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It looks good. Just a bit of housekeeping. Some things that I've either forgotten to mention or needed to in the past and just didn't. So just a quick one. A couple of episodes ago, PC, we talked about the um, concession rate on BB2. Yep. I've had a couple of people getting in touch oh, with I'm me sure. and say, look, completely agree with that in terms of certain ladders. Yep. But actually, in leagues, that's not the case at all. So... Yeah, I look, uh, from what I hear, the leagues there are very well run. Some of them are really well policed. I mean, your mileage may vary depending on which league you join, but some of the big ones on there are really stable and seem to be run by nice guys who love their blood bowls. So, you know, good luck to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the I'm other sure thing is facing high concession rates. In terms of our competition last week, uh, the lyrics competition, I've had, I had a late entry um, and I had one that I missed. Um, and I just wanted to quickly mention them. Uh, one was... I think I mentioned it before, but one was um, to the tune of Baby Got Back. Right. Um, okay. And it was all about Ramtut, and uh, it was called Baby Got Wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ramtut, and I cannot lie. You were the mummies can't deny that when a king walks in with a wrapped up face and a big fist in your face, you get stunned like a squig lick tongue. And it goes on and on. <laughs> so that was quite good. I just wanted to... Uh, Chris Bagnall, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, and Mark Peer on Facebook got in touch with um, me to say he'd done one to the tune of Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah. So I'll put that on. When I've, now I've got them all, I will put them on. I haven't had a chance to put them on the forum yet, but I'll do that tomorrow. Um, so yeah, so that's just a bit of housekeeping cleared up, okay? Okay. Um, well, I, I suppose there's one I would want to do uh, ever so quickly, um, talking about the fact that I don't really paint. Um, I don't. I mean, I just can't. And it's been. I mean, I recently found some stuff I painted as a kid, and it's. 
horrific. So um, <laughs> when I say I can't paint, you know, I mean, I, I, I sold them all through eBay um, and people just went, yeah, I'm going to strip these. Um, <laughs> every single person went, you know, why haven't you stripped them? I went, oh, you'll probably want to, you know, strip them yourself. So, uh, I mean, I do think eBay is a great source of pre-painted teams. I've picked yeah. some up there for, you know, relatively low cost, like twice as much as they would be unpainted. I think I paid 40 quid for a, a set of dwarves. Not 100% of the dwarves I'd have wanted, because, of course, it was a Games Workshop box of dwarves. Um, but, yeah, I did. And there's also some guys on there that paint to order. Um, and... Uh, I did use one of those guys just to mod me a dwarf with a chainsaw and get me one more beard done. Well, if we're doing shout-outs, I just wanted to give a quick one to a guy called Ryan Lemon, who works as LV Commissions uh, on eBay, and he's the guy that painted up um, the extra dwarves I needed to go to a tournament. Uh, I bought a great set on eBay for 40 quid, but needed an extra uh, a chainsaw player and a, an extra beard. Uh, and he he paints up you know full boxes for I think about 120 130 pounds something like that. He'll get a box off Games Workshop and paint it up for you. He did a really good job for me. Um, and yeah, shout out to him. Thanks a lot for that. Well, I'm I'm, I'm not going to comment on the ones I'm painting for you yet, PC. Seats. <laughs> um, well, look, as I said, I can't paint, so it's a very low bar to leap over. Well, there you go. Right. Let's get on with the podcast. We've rambled on for quite a bit there, but yeah, let's let's talk about some Blood Bowl. So I was thinking um, this week that I just started to get my son into Blood Bowl and made him a Fumble account. He's nine. Uh, I know you've got a son as well, um, PC, who's just starting to get into Blood Bowl. Uh, well, he's interested. Um, interested. He's gone from agnostic a year ago to interested. He now quite often hovers over my shoulder asking questions. Uh, he particularly likes the big guys on teams. Um and is slightly in love with Croxy Gores. Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. Aren't we all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so my first question then is, if if you were to suggest a starting team, mm-hmm. which one would it be? And you're only allowed to pick one. Morehouse. Uh, okay. Uh, can I, can I, do you want me to qualify my answer first or just shout out an answer and then we'll talk about yeah, it Yeah, shout out an answer. Okay. Uh, I... I Humans, if, if I did answer that with one word. Okay, PC? Well, I don't want to have consensus, so I'm going to say orcs. Hmm. Sure, sure. I see, I was going to say orcs. <laughs> um, I will go dwarves. Okay. Ooh. Hmm. Controversial there. It is a little bit. They were, they were my first team, but I think yeah. with dwarves... You, it's all about positioning, isn't it? You've really got to get yeah. your positioning right because they don't have yeah. the speed. But with AV9, you're in pretty safe hands in terms of staying on the pitch, especially with thick skull as well. I think it's only frenzy yeah, that sure. could get you into a bit of bother. Yeah, I think that's what I... I mean, I just think positionally you're really limiting yourself there. There's so much they can't do that's part of Blood Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I, th- yeah I take that. I think for me, what I always tell people, and I, I don't know if it comes off condescending or rude or whatever, but it's my really honest opinion is this game is really hard and you are going to be so bad at it when you first start that it does not matter you know I, yeah. but you know what i mean because when people say what's a good starting team i worry that what they're thinking is that this is going to be like a playstation game or something yeah. where there's some easy answer well you'll start winning your games right away if you just pick this team yes how and do i win the, seven out of ten from game one right which you know if you're playing like mortal kombat 2 or something you know on the old nintendo when we were kids like if you pick this certain character 
you're going to win half your your fights right away just because this character is really easy to do. Like, yeah. there is no that in Blood Bowl. You know what I mean? There is, there's no answer I can give you that's going to make you not terrible for the first yeah. 10 to 20 games. So, so honestly, what I tell people most of all is whatever seems cool to you and fun and, and will, it appeals to you, just do that. Yeah, you know, so think- like if your son thinks the Croxigore looks cool, play Lizards. You know, because it, it just it's not going to matter that much, really, at, at the end of the day, what team you're playing with when you don't even know how to set up blocks and assists and all that. You know, uh, I, I, I said, that. yeah, I, I, I said humans because I think a, a team that has all a, a lot of the base core skills maybe can teach you a little bit faster. You know, like if, if you know what dodge does and when dodge is useful and when block is useful and, and things like that in the beginning, I think that can kind of help your learning curve. Uh, you know, I would avoid like, you know, vampires or things with secret weapon or too much, you know, stunty maybe. Uh, skills that kind of break the normal mechanics before you understand the normal mechanics. I wouldn't want to get into the more weird stuff, you know, like hypnotic gaze or whatever. But uh, so I would say maybe humans, but I'll, but my main advice would be whatever seems cool and fun to you, just play it and take your lumps and try to learn. You know, that's, that's good so us. negative of you. That is so <laughs> negative. Um, weirdly, weirdly, my advice of orcs is more negative than that. Because not only are you going to lose lots of games, but frankly, you're likely to get quite a lot of players hurt and killed and just sure. destroyed. Whereas at least with Orcs and their AV9 pretty much across the board, most of them are still going to be there for your next few games. And although you're going to get beaten badly and beaten left, right, and center, they'll still be there to play with the next time. And eventually some will skill up, giving you that little moment of joy. So I, I agree with you. I think the first important thing when you're learning Blood Bowl is that you are learning. And human versus human is a brutal school. So even people that are terrible at Blood Bowl will just beat you. And then really soon it'll start to click and you'll start to be just terrible. And then (laughs) you'll start to think you're good and realize you're genuinely not. And eventually it comes, you know, and how quick that is, is is slightly up to you. But I think morale is so key, the sort of human morale of you, the learning a game like Blood Bowl, that it's what keeps you going, what keeps you coming back. And I think that's getting skill ups. And I think it's feeling you're still in with a chance of doing things and hence I think a team like Orcs with a, a good mix of really high armor and enough agility and move that they can get around and still be dangerous even late in the game even when you're perhaps 2-0 down you can still be hurting a few things at the very least well, it's interesting you say that PC because you remember last week we talked about um, you were saying that you know you're not going to win for your first I don't know 8 or 9 games and I said well for me it was 23 <laughs> yes <laughs> interesting I had, I had um his name is uh, Dr. Clace from Sweden. Dr. Clace, that sounds right. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he messaged me, going, I listen to your podcast, really enjoy it, blah, 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 um, when we discussed the win rate, and he said it was 43 games. Wow. Before he oh, won no, 40 second. It took Yeah, he says it took until my oh. 42nd game before I won. Wow. Yeah, yeah. you know, so I, good on him. I uh, a funny like anecdote about that is, I had been introduced to this game, you know, in high school. I had a friend who had the board, and I think it was like second edition, or it was very, very old, like from the '80s. And we didn't even know the rules really. We were just kind of messing around with it. And we, I thought the idea of like a fantasy football game was so cool that it stuck in my head. And then eventually, years later, I what's the name of that game? And searched it and found Fumble. 
So my first game on Fumble, there, you know, back then there was no Academy or uh, uh, 145 Club. It, you just started playing. And uh, so I, I'm playing against the best players in the world from day one, having no idea what I'm doing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like not even having read the rule book. And uh, I remember very distinctly my first game, the guy telling me, are you sure you've never played this before? You are going to be really, really good at this. Like, if this is your first game ever, you're like a savant, like talking me up. And I always had kept that story in my head. Like that, that's how I kept my confidence going when I was losing, losing, losing. And then recently I went back and looked and on that first game. I lost something like five, nothing. So I don't know <laughs> what he saw about my <laughs> tactics that showed any kind of promise whatsoever. Am I allowed was- to guess that he was thinking, how do I stop this guy conceding? How do I stop this guy conceding? Oh no, it's his first game. Oh, right. so, how do I keep him there so I get these? Right. <laughs> so in my head, this whole time, it was like the impetus behind my, you know, p- perseverance towards being a great Blood Bowl player. And really, I think the guy might have just been humoring me as he was kicking my ass. But it wasn't. It was it. Uh, <laughs> was it Lizbiz? I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I have to check the name. But one second, I got to get the door. But yeah, yeah you no guys worries. keep talking. <laughs> Yeah, so PC, talk to us about you, know, you talked to us about orcs already. Um, what about painting? Just coming back onto painting, because you were talking to me earlier uh, before we started the podcast about how it's a real uh, barrier. Yeah, I mean, the game has a lot of barriers to entry. That's one of the great things about online um, is that obviously your barrier to entry can be quite small just by the game for your console or for the PC or on Fumble. You know, just um, just come on the site and work out how to click the right things to get it started and it's you know it's a free java java runtime experience so uh, in reality going to a, a league or a tournament you know everyone's going to be really friendly they'll lend you stuff but eventually you're going to have to get a full set of dice you're going to have to get bored uh, obviously you know you can buy the game box but the game box doesn't actually give you what you necessarily need to run a team so you're going to have to get supplemental figures they're going to have to be painted and I think there's a lot of barriers to entry, a lot of things that stop people going, yeah, that looks like an easy thing to do. I've enjoyed the game online. I will go and play it in the real world. And mm. painting is a huge one for me because the last thing I want to do is turn up with something, pull it out of a box to, to play with it, and everyone sort of laughs and says, I'm sorry, that's just not good enough. Can you please leave? And that's something I don't really know about in terms of the standard that is allowed at tournaments. Um so I don't know if you can shed some light on that because I'm I'm not fully aware of it. I know. I mean, there's a huge variety. And, yeah, there's a huge variety. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the sort of more upscale tournaments, if you like, and the ones that try and be try and stick to a, a reasonably central NAF agreed set of rules usually say three colours and based. So. And with washes nowadays, they say, look, put your three colours on, put some washes over them, put a base underneath your player on top of the black um, you know, circle, put some yeah. grass or whatever. Um, and that that was good enough. That's still enough that I would never contemplate starting that or buying the equipment to do that or feeling like I had any idea how to do that. And I mean, I know you can use YouTube videos to, to help with that and they're really good, but it's still not something I could ever contemplate doing. Yeah. So, so I think that stops a lot of people. Hey, more. Are we talking paint here? Yeah, <laughs> we're, talk, we're, we're talking about barriers to entry um, for tabletop. Oh, sure. Um, and we were just uh, talking about the fact that with the PC version, all the Xbox, the computer versions, including Fumble, they're very easy. You just whack them on and you're good to go and you've got tutorials there. But what PC sure. was saying is you've got an issue because if you can't paint, you're right. already on the back foot and it could easily put you off. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the, the just what is considered important and what is 
cool in the circles of you know of, of players having good painted figures i think counts for more social standing at a tabletop tournament than being good at blood bowl honestly in, in my brief yeah. experience you know what i mean like the guys that have really good painted figures are like they're like the cool kids at the, ta- at the table not even the guys who are really good at the game it's it's the guys whose, whose paint jobs are really nice are kind of the elite at the at the tabletop uh game and in my experience every tournament i've been to there's always been an award for best painted team yeah, sure, and sure. that's great. As long as they don't give points for it, um, that's always fine with me. Um, and even if they give a point or two, you know, as long as it's ten for a win and one for best painted team, I'm not that worried. Sure, but, sure. Um, but it, yeah, it's it, to me, it's a side part of the hobby, and it's not part I enjoy. It's part I fear. Um, yeah, but yeah, yep. and I, I, I now have some painted teams. So yeah, I'm the exact same way. You know, uh, it makes. Obviously, it's easy to say because I'm no good at it. I don't. I think it's unimportant, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, uh, I'm. I can't paint myself. I have no interest in painting. Uh, I think it's cool when people are good at painting, and I, you know, I I look at their team and say, "Hey, nice job," but it, it means very little to me. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's a whole. It's a whole different version of the hobby, and I think there are definitely people out there who would listen to this or be talking about Blood Bowl. Who are oh, the exact gonna, opposite as us? You know, I'm going to divide say, the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm going to divide the room and say there are people out there playing Blood Bowl using Lego figures. Now I've sure. never come across it, but I've heard it's the case, certainly in leagues and things, that people turn up, pull out eleven Lego men, and then tell you what they stand for. Um, as long as I could tell which was which, I would have no problem with that. No, I don't think I would either. Actually, and I think I've never seen Lego men, but I've seen um, proxies used. So. Uh, I don't know. Um, what do you think, Morehouse? Would you line up against the team of Lego men? Uh, I would line up against anything and everything. I'll tell you, my first, the first time I ever played tabletop, I am so bad at painting that I just took the blue human team out of the box, and I, I am so bad at this stuff, I could not even get the water transfer numbers onto the players <laughs> properly. So I went to the store, to Ben Franklin's, which in America is like a hobby craft store. Right. Uh, and, and, and went to Ben Franklin's and bought a white marker and just wrote the number on the guy's chest Brilliant. that he's number one, he's number two. And, and the look of disgust I got from my opponent <laughs> over <laughs> just how unwelcome my ugly men were at his table with his beautifully painted team. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I probably, I think I beat him like six, nothing or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but yeah, but it's a, it was a great example of like two people who both like blood bowl, who are coming from two totally different perspectives on what's important in that in the game you know like this guy had like nine different painted teams that he had played like one game ever in his life with each team you know but uh but yeah so it's kind of an interesting thing yeah yeah it's a a broad church and perhaps you and i exist at one end of it where we play solely for the playing the game that's what i love not the pieces See, I, yeah, I enjoy yep. painting. I must admit, I do enjoy painting. I'm not the world's best painter. Um, however, I think I can pull off a good one, as they say. Now well, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. You're, you're doing a... a set of Cossacks for me, which can I then am, be yeah. a Slan or, I mean, Kislev, you know, your, whichever you choose to think of them as, or humans or Norse. So that's going to be really cool and really round out what I can bring to a tournament. It gives um, you another so three sets. Yeah, no problem. Now then, just rounding that off, just want to talk fumble specifics for a little bit. Um, we've got well, the black bringing one. that back a tiny bit oh, to on. fumble, there's just one random thought I had. I don't know if you've ever done this, but in the client, you can actually turn icons off. You can. And I do know a couple of people that play fumble 
and they use they don't use icons they use because instead you get sort of red and blue circles yeah with, with a single in. large letter telling you what that player is yeah. so for anyone that's partially sighted anyone that has difficulty seeing particularly um, that can be a real boon and it, it's it's really helpful at a time where the client I mean it can be resized there are workarounds but some people have found it it comes up not ideal size for them it, it makes it really really easy and visible uh, I think that's what it's primarily used for but just you know if you hate the icons you can turn them off whenever I do that because periodically you have a fiddle don't you that really weirds me out so there we are I, I won't play Lego men I won't have a problem playing with Lego men in the real world but playing with just coloured discs I, that's yeah, practically I, my I limit struggle. yeah no, I struggle I, uh, I had the exact same experience as much as I talk about how I, it means nothing to me I don't care what they look like I'm not an artistic I'm not an admirer of art that, to that extent the couple times I've even tried to turn on the abstract icons I, I just don't even know what I'm looking at and I turn it right back to the to the familiar fumble <laughs> icon so I, I do appreciate uh, the people who have made the fumble icons I suppose yeah, yeah absolutely it makes good it more aesthetically pleasing doesn't it so black box trophy um i think chivita is still at the top isn't he i let's haven't have looked look. for a while no, let's have a look so we can't got, imagine anyone um, else has got up that high chivita is still top and then we've got lotramon um who's at 116 games um, so there's still a chance he can catch up. We've got BB. I think that's probably Lutrahamon. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, he is one of what I call the French charge. Um, up at the top of the trophy, we have a lot of very, very French coaches. Um, and, you know, if there's one thing about French Blood Bowl, they're aggressive, they're fantastically good at low TV. Um, they play a mean game of Blood Bowl and they take no prisoners. Um, so I think Lutrahamon is one of them. I think BB is uh, FX Triple I or Fixie. Uh, I think we have a lot of, you know, a lot of French domination up at the top of the trophy. Oh, a uh, little side note. Someone told me the other day, which makes perfect sense, but I, I don't even know if this is true or this is their interpretation. It's F13. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Roman yeah, yeah, <laughs> I had That had <laughs> never occurred to me, but <laughs> that's that's what he that's what he's going for there, according yeah. to this person who was telling me this. So, I had know. heard that, but, but to me it's Fixie. <laughs> yeah, I still think of him as Fixie also, but uh, he, especially him, you mentioned the... Uh, French players. He's an especially good one of the of a lot of good French players. He's a, yeah, he's a fantastic blood bowl player. But I mean, a lot of the French teams are, um, and particularly every time I've seen you know a team they've sent to the Euro Bowl or to the UK tournament, and I'm sure when it comes to the World Cup, um, you know they will send some excellent, excellent teams that'll be right up at the top of the scoring. Yeah, and I'm just... listening. Uh, bonsoir. Yeah, yeah. Bonsoir. <laughs> That's about as far as my French carries me. Um, in person, I'll try a little more but i won't embarrass myself in public like this uh, absolutely fantastic if you can both play and listen uh in a foreign language and so many people on flood on blood bowl you know are typing and chatting in not their native language uh, yeah. i think that's stunning i think it's great yeah it's absolutely brilliant now then talking about the fumble cup quickly mm. we are down to the last i believe eight wow. so we're getting close we're just waiting for one more round to uh, get down to the last eight. We've got some big teams in there. We've got Coca Loca, which is Mr. T's team. We've got Nax, um, Chaos, Court of Shadows. We've got some big teams still in there. And BB Small Men. Mm. Emphasis. Yeah, um, yeah. So we've got some decent coaches and some decent teams. And they're big. They're big. Yeah. Uh, so Court of Shadows I'll go, I'll is sitting at... <laughs> 3050k yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the age of fat. I've said it before. It is, yeah. It's bloat. And we're going to see some really, really big teams come smashing into each other. Um, we've got Monona Loco versus Emphasy. That's a huge Nurgle team versus a really big Dwarf team. Um, but Emphasy is is one heck of a coach. I'm not saying Monona Loco isn't. Um, he's very, very violent, a very dangerous <laughs> coach. But certainly in terms of raw skill, I would certainly give the edge there to Emphasy. Yep. But, you know, he's bringing, he's bringing a knife to a gunfight because there's a, he's facing Claw. And as a dwarf, that's always a worry. That's so that's going to be an absolute cracking game. And then you've got Cult of Shadows versus Damien's Dozen. Uh, Cult of Shadows, as you say, a, a big team from Nashtogen. Uh, we've seen it at the top of a lot of other uh, majors. And it's, um, it's, it's huge. It's chaotic. It wields claws and mighty blow left, right, and center. And, but it can also do a bit of balling. But it's also got, because it won the uh, little tournament. Yes. It's got a so couple it's got of secret couple weapons. Of, yeah, he's got a couple of secret weapons. Um, so he's got, um, I think one of them's the pogo stick, isn't it? Yeah, he's got a pogo stick, which gives him the uh, same as what a goblin pogo would have. So it's And then he's got a ball and chain. Long. Yeah, he's got a ball and chain, which is stuck on a blodge beastman, I think. Yeah. yeah, so that's really interesting. A ball and chain, so it's strength seven, but it's blodge. It's only move three, uh, but wow, that's an absurdly dangerous thing to be wielding in any game of Blood Bowl. Um, of course, they could be sent off, um, but he's got such a big bench that that's not a huge worry. He's facing uh, a chaos team uh, coached by George, who I don't know, J-O-R-J. Um, I've probably played him. I've played so many people, but he seems to be Canadian. Um I, I know nothing more I except I sort of huge. Um, turns out I played him yeah. twice, won one, lost one. Huge big chaos team, exactly what you'd expect, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, from my brief experience, he's uh, very what you expect a big chaos team to do. You know, right. <laughs> it's very kind of by the book. Uh, we, we claw, we mighty blow, we try to kill everybody, and uh, then maybe walk the ball in after everybody's dead. So yeah, he's got yeah, two. He's got a big strength five uh, chaos blocker, chosen blocker, uh, and of course a real star beastman runner, which is um, both double plus AG and double plus movement. So it's move eight and agility five. I mean, that's going to solve a whole heap of problems. Uh, and he's got another agility four beastman to feed it the ball. So, yeah, you can see what that team's going to do. And another strength five uh, chosen blocker. So, yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's a big, big nasty team, but it's, it's facing another big nasty team. So that's looking like an absolute classic. Yeah, and uh, uh, do you know what? It's, it's worth pointing out and saying to people who don't play on Fumble, make an account because you can come and spectate even if you don't want to play. Absolutely. absolutely. So come and yeah, spectate yep. and watch some of the big games and get to know the client and you'll chat to people in there. It's a very social event uh, in terms of the majors when the uh, when it gets out to the uh, the bigger games. Uh, there'll be loads of people. There's usually around 40 to 50 people watching. So it's always good to have a giggle. And on every tournament's page, there is um, one of the sub-menus is always about which games have been scheduled. doesn't mean they're going to kick off at exactly that time, but if there is one and they agree a time and use the scheduler... It gives you a slight heads up as to when those games might be going off. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people blog about them as well, particularly when we get down to sort of the last eight and a big tourney. The third quarterfinal yeah. isn't decided. The fourth one, as you said, is Mr. T12 12s. Uh, huge high elves, um, which have got all the all the toys that you'd expect. Plenty of guard, wrestle, leap, strip ball, some dauntless, some sidestep, all the things you'd expect. Uh, and they're facing off against a necromantic team. 
Mm, that'll be a good Perhaps game. The, the surprise this late in the tournament, it's a little small coming in uh, only at around uh, 2,000, 2,227 uh, if you use thousands or 207, as most of us think of it, I think. Um, but it's got, you know, it's got what you'd expect from a really good necromantic team. It's got a plus strength, double plus movement, werewolf, so move 10, uh, blodge, werewolf, and, uh, and some nice, fairly ordinary, but nice golems. Another hitting werewolf, and a you know plus AG white. So it, it's got some tools, but it also yeah, fouling fodder as well. There's plenty of people. Yeah, to well, that's, uh, that's about that, that's about where you want to be for a necromantic team. I think if you're playing a huge team, uh, they're one of the rosters that you know building a necromantic team up to 2,500 or whatever. You're not really getting bang for your buck anymore, like you would with Elf sure. or Chaos. I think you're better off being where he's at and then hiring Count or Cheney or some bribes for those dirty yeah, players. I mean, or, you know, I, well, so those, I, are, I mean, those are two fantastic stars there. The Count and yeah. Cheney are both really yeah, good. Cheney's a great star player for his yeah, many years. But the, you yeah. know, the count, is, count can really dominate a field as well. Um, yeah. And also some bribes. Cause as you say, he's rolling with two dirty players and fouling things off is certainly with a deep bench like his is certainly going to be useful. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think his... Cracking quarterfinals lined up already. Another one still yeah. to be settled looking good mm-hmm. yeah, it's exciting times and we've also got the NAF team challenge uh, just completing round three at the minute so what we'll do next week is we'll have a bit of an update on who's where um, yes as we reach uh, the business end of that yeah at, at the halfway point um, so on to competitions now we were talking a couple of episodes ago PC about Blood Bowl stories and I was talking about the table flipping story yep. um, I've got another story that happened to me yesterday and I want to tell oh. you about it because it forms our competition. What I want from people is a silly, outrageous, crazy, rememberable story related to Blood Bowl. Okay. Now, what happened to me yesterday is I went in to get some undercoat spray from the local hobby shop. Now, I've been in there a few times and the guy's quite friendly and talks to me, um, which is nice. But we got talking yesterday and we got on to Blood Bowl. He says, oh, so what do you play? And I said, well, I just, I just play Blood Bowl. I'm, I don't really play anything else. And he went, oh, I hate Blood Bowl. And at that <laughs> point, don't know what came over me, but I put the paints down and I said, I'm really sorry. I can't buy these from you. And I walked out. That's bad, isn't it? That's really bad. So, yeah, I, was just, I, I just looked at him with detest. <laughs> Did you ask why he no, hated Blood Bowl? No, I, no. I, I, honestly, I just left, but I'd, I'd had a pretty bad day, so I put them. I, the thing is, I didn't even put them back. I just left them on the counter and just walked out. No, brilliant. No, that's the way to do I it. I just, you know, if somebody says you're in a I shop and know. somebody says, "What do you play?" Blood Bowl. You don't yeah. then go, "I hate that." Do you? You don't. If somebody's trying right. to buy something from you, you engage them in what you're trying to sell them. You right. Should. Or if you have nothing nice to say you don't say anything at all you know especially when he's got he's got a whole you know shelf full of Blood Bowl products that you know he could have said oh have you seen these here no so I honestly but the thing is now (laughs) yeah um, I don't uh, when someone comes to me with uh, asking for help with training I don't say oh I hate Labradors or (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah, it's just just not good business you know no matter what they say the kind of dog they have oh that's that's nice yeah Yeah. when I was working in schools when people came to look around and go do you know what? I hate kids. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. yeah so, this school's terrible. You should go to one in the next town. It's much, much better. <laughs> thing is, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to go. I can't really go in there again because now I'm going to have to explain myself. Yeah. Um, I'll just pretend it never happened. To, uh, 
every audition I go to, you know, you always talk about how wonderful the script is because there's never a bad script until you've been cast in it. (laughs) (laughs) Every script is genius. Of course it is. Um, So, yeah, I'm not going to say the name of the shop, but it's... I don't know. Well, mine wasn't that bad, but, uh, you know, I had not dissimilar experience um, with Grandma Wendy herself, the games workshop in High Barnet, where I live. Uh, Again, looking for perhaps someone to... I thought the local shop might be somewhere where a painter would perhaps have a sign-up saying, you know, I paint miniatures. And I went in and tried to talk to the person. Uh, And that takes some doing, because it's one of those ones that's open sort of every other Thursday if there's a Z in the month. (laughs) There's one man that clearly staffs it when they feel that the the kids are out of school and he can drag them in and get them playing some 40K. And that was clearly what his life was about, was getting kids to play 40K. So he was very confused about the concept of Blood Bowl, which he'd vaguely heard of, and was very dismissive of the idea of anything being painted by anyone other than you, because obviously that was what you had to buy into. And then at the end, he sort of did say oh but you can order anything through me though i'm never going to stock it and i went oh yeah well i'll definitely think about that so i was much politer <laughs> than you and as just, i left i was thinking yeah. i would, oh, I would guys, i'd go somewhere yeah, no anywhere else to buy it from, from that man yeah so entertain us with your blood bowl stories and yes. we will pick a few out and read them so you can get in touch with us on fumble itself you can pm either purple chest or throw that's me you can get in touch with us on the facebook podcast page twitter at throw um what else okay i'm back discord Sorry, yeah <laughs> you can get to us on discord so I don't, they don't have to be real life i mean i had some i've had some great confessions to me one of which i'm not sure we can say on the podcast um, well, you can try and I'll one. just banjo I can banjo it out okay well someone did once confess to me about a month afterwards that one time in a game I'd found peculiarly easy against what's normally a very tough opponent it was because they were whilst we were playing their girlfriend had decided that they won't be getting enough attention and decided to help him enjoy his life whilst he was playing <laughs> by entertaining him with a part of his body not active in the game <laughs> but which I'm sure he found incredibly distracting. <laughs> um, and something I'm sure all men would think, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I could play Blood Bowl effectively while that was happening, was apparently what was happening to him. Well, there you fair go. play. That explains a lot. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> if anyone's seen the, if anyone's seen the movie Swordfish, you could probably... They've been sitting yeah. in the bath. So, you know, maybe that's... Yeah, perhaps well. that's the version you could use. There we are. I yeah. once played someone who afterwards told me they'd been sat in the bath. Mm. Oh, a swordfish though that's the bit with Hugh Jackman isn't it and he's trying yes, to hack the, that's right there is a scene that is very similar to what PC is describing in that movie so right, that's right. <laughs> so if you're confused uh, watch swordfish <laughs> yeah, there you so go. just to finish off though I think hopefully next week I will have an interview with uh, Pete Nifton who is the one of the original artists that did all the blood bowl um, artistry for the early rule books and things so I'll be meeting him on Saturday so hopefully I'll get him to do a bit of uh, an interview for the podcast and bring that to you boys next week Oh, I've awesome. got a couple of questions I want you to ask him from me if you're, if you're going to be able to talk to him yeah, offline. Yeah, yeah, PM me. Bring or... him online for a chat. That would be Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? We can do that. Do it we online. That would be cool too. But other than that... Um, well, something, whilst, whilst we're talking about the future, can I put a big shout out? If we've got any listeners from the, the Southern Waste League, yes. the biggest, oldest, finest league on Fumble, and I'm prepared to say that, even though the White Tile League, I think, is better um, <laughs> because we 
we won the urn, <laughs> which we used to play yearly more than they have. Um, but the Southern Waste League, I, it's awesome. It's huge. They're brilliant people, um, but they're their own little corner of fumble, and good luck to them. I'd love someone from there to come on and have a chat on the podcast about that. That would be great. Uh, because sure. we, we, yeah, you know, we've great. talked up so many other great leagues, but the Southern Waste League is, a, is an awesome job. And I'm not sure any of us know a hell of a, really a lot about it. So. No, so get in touch oh, with cool. Purple Chess, Morehouse, or myself. Yeah, it really do. Um, Absolutely. Morehouse, anything you want to finish with? Uh, no, just uh, thanks for uh, having me back and uh, right. happy to be here. I had a good yeah, time. Yeah. It's, really good, it's really good to have you back. Really good. Thank you. Right, yep, everybody. Take care and may your dice be pals. Take care. See you. No, no. As always, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. If you want to support us, please go on Facebook and like us. Find our page under Throwek or Fumble Podcasts. And we also have a Patreon page. So if you Google that, please support us. See you next time.